Hey everyone, it's 6 p.m. on the East Coast. This is Versus Me Live. I'm Stephen O. Miller, your usual host. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap up some stuff during the week. We have a new press secretary. Um, the odds that she will be asked about her election conspiracy theory, theorizing, I put it slim to none other than Peter Ducey. Green Jim Pierre comes in. Uh, today was Jen Psaki's last day. Yay! And uh, Jean-Pierre has had a, uh, a, a fun history with election denialism. As I wrote at Spectator this week, we've been told by the media for the last two years as they pound the table that uh, denying election results, legitimate election results, uh, is, a, is a very threat to the core of our democracy. And suddenly when the Biden administration appoints an election denialist as the press secretary, they suddenly all lose interest. Uh, I wrote about this. I think Jerry Dunleavy at Washington Examiner wrote about it and possibly also Free Beacon, but that was it. It was not mentioned by anyone on CNN, Jake Tapper in particular, who has uh, really worked the vernacular of the big lie into his uh, weekly daily vocabulary when it comes to January 6th. So we had that going on uh, this week. Also, uh, the biggest story right now in the country that I still think is being underreported, believe it or not, is we have a baby formula shortage. Uh, there's a few reasons reported as to why this is. There was a, uh, a contamination where there was a recall. The FDA knew about this in October of 2021. So seven months ago, they knew that this was going to be coming and here we are, and it looks like it caught the old man uh, surprising him again, uh, as it always does with this administration, regardless if it's Afghanistan, if it's a supply chain problem, no matter what it is, it's this administration is just caught flat foot. Solving a baby formula crisis is a lot easier, or is a lot harder than, I guess, designating pronouns for the United States military or something, which is all this administration seems to traffic in, which is easy things, things that will please the crowd on Twitter and things that will make the base happy and equity, except there are real fucking problems out here right now. And they don't seem to have any solutions or any problems uh, or any uh, ways to solve any of these kinds of problems. And again, uh, as these things just pop up and it feels like you're careening from one crisis to the other as they have been for the last year with no answers, uh, this looks like a pretty serious one and it comes obviously right before uh, an election in a few months. Um, I know that, I don't want to go too much into this, but I know that there's stories about stockpiling at the border and We've seen photographs of this, and now there's a big debate on, well, GOP Republicans now want migrant kids to starve. And, of course, they're missing the issue here. And, again, I, I haven't seen a real strong confirmation of any of this. Um, but what it seems to be insinuated on the part of Republicans, and granted they're politicians, so take it with a grain of salt, is that the – Biden administration depleted the private stockpile of baby formula to send to the border for record amounts of migrants coming over. Um, we can't find any reporters too interested in looking into if that was the case or not. Um, two, two big things with this, uh, this kind of developing crisis are, one, tariffs on foreign imported uh, baby formula. There's uh, Elizabeth Nolan Brown from Reason had a thread about this today where – 
uh, the government will not allow imported formula, sometimes just based on the labeling. They don't like the labeling or the language, so they won't uh, allow imported formula. So that's one area that could just lift that right there. There's also supposedly tariffs on some of the supplies. And uh, there was also another interesting thread where uh, because of the supply chain crisis, companies who make different kinds of products are, can, can substitute certain kinds of products. So if a certain metal screw isn't made, they can substitute it with a different screw, etc. If someone noted because it's baby formula, every, everything has to be a specific uh, ingredient. It has to be checked. It has to be health checked. And they can't substitute in ingredients or to make, to, obviously, to make their product. So this is an area where, because of the supply chain crisis, they're now falling behind. And as I said, uh, I think it was Robert Morrissey at Town Hall who reported the FDA was aware of this oncoming shortage back in October. And here we are just now hearing about it. Um, I, I don't see an easy way out of this because if, they, if this keeps going the way the administration has done everything else with gas prices, supply chain, uh, sh- you know, shortages everywhere, then again, this looks like it could be a, a serious developing catastrophe. And as I said, I still think it's probably being a little undercovered uh, in media the first time the Biden administration was supposed to address this was yesterday and they did it behind closed doors and they simply did a call readout. Uh, Biden himself has not spoken about this. He has not spoken on camera. He's not given a statement on it. We've got an MSNBC host, Jen Psaki, doing it, but that's about it. And so once again, it looks like you have an administration that is just completely AWOL uh, on issues that are out affecting that useless chunk of land uh, between Los Angeles and DC and New York. So today, um, I wanted to set up, uh, and I said yesterday that I kind of wanted to hear, if you're in the room, I wanted to hear from parents. Uh, I wanted to hear if you're going through this, if there's shortages in your area. Um, how, how are you going about this? How serious do you take this? Um, do you know, do you know neighbors? Do you have family? Do you know people, uh, who are going through this and, you know, I know that I do this a little bit differently uh, when I say versus media. It's I want to I want to talk to people. I don't want to get this stuff filtered through the New York Times, uh, which is why I do this format this way, which is why I, I bring just audience in to come and talk about their own personal experiences with what's going on out there. Um, it's a way of pushing back against again, filtered media and and stories, frankly, that they're not interested in covering. So. Again, if you if you have youngsters, if you have toddlers, if you have tykes, if you have babies, whatever, and this is affecting you, I'd like it if you could talk to people. Um, we'll go for uh, probably a little bit over an hour, maybe longer, depending on uh, who we all have. Uh, just a couple things to note uh, before I jump in here and, and turn it over. Uh, just if you have if you have a comment or something like that, try to keep it short. Just mind you that there are people behind you most of the time. Um, and but again, I'm, I'll indulge your stories with stuff like this, especially uh, with this kind of issue where, again, you know, this administration, they can spin certain things. They, they can they can kind of spin gas prices. They can kind of spin certain narratives. They can't spin something that people feel and see happening right before them at grocery stores or, or what have you. It's just it's it's impossible. 
Biden can go out and he can give speeches and yell about boxes of food or whatever the hell that was about. Um, but this is this seems to be an issue that's going to again it hits people right where uh, it you don't want a crisis to be hitting them, which is raising their kids and their families. And it's like what we saw with school boards. Um, so, uh, again, I just, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your experience with what's going on and, uh, without a media filter, without a, with a journalist filter or, or anything like that, just a pure unfettered conversation. And, uh, like I said, if you're out there listening, if it's your first time on these apps, whatever, you can just, uh, hit, um, try to call. There should be a button down there. And you just line up and uh, I'm going to kind of run through some people until uh, we kind of run out um, or, you know, we'll probably go a little bit over an hour. Sometimes we go longer. <laughs> so it is a happy hour. It is a Friday. So I don't want to keep everyone. Um, but yeah, let's any other media related stuff that you saw happen this week. Um, questions, comments for me, obviously are always welcome on just about anything. So jumping in, um, I see a couple of familiar faces that I know are probably going to have pretty passionate thoughts on this. So, um, uh, just jumping right in, Oliver, uh, I'll move you up. And like I said, uh, tell me what you're seeing. Tell me if you're going through this, what you see at grocery stores. Um, tell me, uh, if you have people that, you know, going through this and what that experience has been like. And like I said, uh, there's no media filter for when we do this stuff. Uh, I'm just hearing from, uh, normal schmoes as we like to say out there. So Oliver, give me your perspective. Give me some experience with what you're seeing with this particular, uh, crisis and thing that's going on with the baby formula. So, I mean, as far as it's uh, affected me and, and my, to the point where uh, where my hey yeah. Oliver I I, lo- I lost you there I don't know if the room did as oh, well okay. could you just, right. could you just go ahead and start over sorry it might have been my connection or whatever oh, but okay. go ahead and, uh, yeah. you know, what I was saying was is I I you know it doesn't affect it doesn't affect my immediate family my sister in law has a, has a six month old but she's pretty good she's got like a like a two month supply um, we have about five different friends you know that are very very close to us that have very very little. Uh, you know, tiny infant babies that where most of them supplement. And I think that the interesting thing about this is that, you know, if you don't have kids, you don't really know, like supplementing with formula is very, very common. And, and that's the thing that's kind of like hitting me weird. It's like, especially with, especially when you have families where you have uh, mom working and the dad working also. Um, and that usually happens in more expensive areas, which are typically more blue areas, which is kind of interesting to me. So the fact that it's underreported kind of like is just weird uh, to me because I figured that this would hit, you know, or this would, you know, hit closer to home with people in blue areas. But, uh, you know, apparently it isn't. But, you know, it's to the point where my wife has a group of friends where they they'll fan out to like different stores and they'll just grab whatever they, they can grab for the people that we know need it. And there's been a couple of times that I've heard, I mean, I haven't really, you know, I haven't, I I haven't had to run to Walgreens or anything, but I mean, it's like, oh yeah, it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. And they don't see an end in sight. And what I think is not really explained is, I mean, the panic, I mean, that is panicking. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to feed your kid. You, you, you can't, make formula that it isn't a thing that you, that you, you can make. So I think that's, you know, I don't know. I guess that's all I, re- I really wanted to say. Just the one hand. Yes, we do know people. And then the other hand was like, 
it's interesting. It's not really reported or at least underreported from a perspective of this is probably occurring more in blue areas where I'm, presumably you have both parents working. And then there is a, I would argue that the, the propensity for supplementing is probably higher. Um, yeah. And, and again, the, the biggest thing for me on this is it just, it, it feels like that, that again, just caught this white house completely by surprise. Like they're acting like they didn't have any idea that this was coming. It's like they, they didn't acknowledge it to kind of keep it out of the news, which is kind of what it feels like to me. Um, would you, would you agree with my assessment that it still feels like it's undercover in media right now? Yes. I, um, well, I would say, I would say it's, it's undercovered with traditional media that the whole reason why versus media is even going, I guess that's, that's what I, I would say. And the thing that also kind of, kind of surprises me too is, is, I mean, you look at someone like Jen, Jen Psaki and, and if I recall, she has, she's got a little kid. I think, I remember, I remember one time she gave an answer. She had, was like, Oh my, my, yeah, uh, her, her, her three-year-old makes mass policy. In yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyways. But what's funny about that is like, is like when you hear that, the, you know, so, She's a mom and, and when it comes to, when it comes to nursing, like when it comes to like having a little, like that is a, that is a visceral thing that mothers go through and they do not forget and they know what's going on. And that's why it's like, you know, there's like, that's, that's typically why moms band together as, as well as, as they do. Like they, they know what's going on. And it's just interesting that like, you know, the freaking press secretary, for her to be caught off guard, especially when she has a little kid where she wasn't going through that, going through the nursing process very long ago, you know, and that's kind of, that's just kind of surprising to me. Um, there's an interesting thread here from Allie Rogan. She's a news hour reporter. She is for, I don't, I don't know who she was with formerly. I don't want to say wash post. There's her pronouns in her bio. She says, considering the anatomy of a crisis like the baby formula one, I'm fascinated by the convergence of events that had to ha- that had to happen that finally forced this issue to the very top of the national agendas. It's been going on for three months. Local news outlets have actually done great work in covering shortages in their respective communities, but the sense of urgency and panic among parents was always there. Why is it that just this week, indeed yesterday, was the tipping point that led to a Hill press conference and announcements of investigations and the White House taking talking to stakeholders and suddenly making a huge PR push. Why now? Well, not to toot our own horn, but NewsHour has been, t- has been talking about this since April, which is still two months behind the curve. And she goes into PBS, uh, basically from April 16th. PBS had a piece about this, and that's by her. So again, um, PBS reporter. And... She's sitting here kind of just wondering into the ether, you know, what, why did this, why did this just, why did the White House just now learn about this? And again, um, we, we had Jen Psaki and her friend fest today kind of skate off without having to answer any of these hard questions. Um, so I would say for me, at least, as far as uh, someone who this isn't their top issue, it feels like it just, again, in the news media, just snuck up. I think I saw Bethany Mandel was some of the earliest stuff where I saw talking about this, like this is actually a serious thing and talking about shortages. Um, and you know, I think so, that, so I don't I even think, know if like local news has been covering this or, you know, if they're doing segments outside of grocery stores or whatever. I think that she, I, I think that 
Beth Mandel is a great, great example of, of like, of, of someone who's sticking up for moms everywhere because, um, you know, she's very, she's very frank about, you know, raising her kids. And if you follow her, you kind of get a sense of like what's going on. But, but, but the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, when I was making my point earlier about moms kind of sticking, sticking together and moms kind of sticking up for one another, she's a great example of somebody who, who doesn't use formula, but she's very, very, she's very vocal about the importance of, Hey, like you can't knock moms. There's a, there's, there are a thousand reasons why uh, families have to supplement with formula. And, um, and, you know, I mean, when I think back to my, my middle boy, when he went, when he was nursing, he actually, he actually had a dairy allergy. So we had to get this like crazy freaking formula that was like, it was like a non-dairy to supplement. Now that, that, that crap was expensive and it was hard to find. I can't imagine, you know, if, uh, if a baby has a dairy allergy, them trying to, those parents, the heartache and the panic that is going through them trying, trying to find that formula now. And I mean, as far as like, as far as like the photos that we're seeing, like this is Mexico or like this is Europe, you know what I mean? Where you see like stock full shelves, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you with don't believe everything you see until it's, you know, been like a few days, you know what I mean? Like until it's really, really verified, I think it's kind of dubious, but um, you know, I mean, but judging by this White House and where their priorities are, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we sent all the formula to the border. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, but I mean, I'd like to see more proof. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at on it. I don't I don't take a, a Republican rep's word at this stuff or just a photo. Uh, what interesting. I'll see. I'll let you weigh in on this. So Biden, I guess, today commented on this. This is via CNN. Biden dismisses the idea that his administration should have acted sooner on the baby formula uh, shortage. It says President Joe Biden on Friday defended White House's response to a months-long shortage of infant formula in the United States and dismissed the idea that his administration should have acted sooner, saying they moved as quickly as a problem became apparent to us. He said following remarks in the White House Rose Garden, Biden pushed back when asked if the administration should have reacted faster to shortages of baby formula nationwide telling CNN's Jeremy Diamond, if we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. Um, that seems to be kind of the go-to excuse for this for this guy and for this administration. Like I said, he's, he's depending upon the mass public not knowing that the FDA was aware of this problem back in October. And then, of course, you have uh, Ed O'Keefe, who asked Jen Psaki two or three days ago, said, I, I know that this is an issue for the FDA, but there's a chance that this could affect the the administration. And I just I wanted to pull Ed aside and ask him, what branch does he think the FDA falls under? Um, it, it is the executive branch. It is the Biden administration. And uh, you're seeing this kind of thing done with this with the media that we saw with like Obama in Syria, where it was never the Obama administration is doing something bad in Syria. It's, it's the country. It's. It, the way they change the language is it's the, the United States is failing on the front of Syria. And it's like, what are you talking? I'm not failing. I, what, look at me. Um, and so you, I'll get your reaction to that, Oliver, and I'll go ahead and jump to Joe here. Well, I mean, I, I guess the only thing I'll say about Biden is, and, and his statement today is, I mean, they've obviously, they've, they have completely lost the messaging. Cause if you're, if you're having to go out and defend, then you've already lost. And so, I mean, I think, um, I mean, that's, that's just where I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll just end it sh- short, short, short and sweet. I, I think that, 
you know, I, I think the proof is in the pudding. And I don't think anybody's buying a damn thing that he's saying anymore to the point where he's getting mocked on late, late night t- TV, which is interesting in, in, in and of itself. So I think we're kind of changing. I don't know. Maybe we're heading in, into new roads where people are actually going to be super critical of this guy, which he he even got he even got fact checked by Daniel Dale today <laughs> for Crazy. saying no, there were no the White House Twitter account saying there was no vaccines when he came into office, and you just tr- you just go how the fuck do these guys think they can just say that? Um, yeah. So, but cool. Thanks, thanks, Oliver. I appreciate yeah, it. Cheers. All right. Um, I'll take Joe. Uh, I'll take Joe next because uh, I know Joe has some thoughts on this. Uh, one of the interesting things is on the CNN pieces, they haven't, they have not looked at invoking the Defense of Production Act. And I saw a couple of like journalists basically saying, so conservatives want the government in charge of formula now, et cetera. And I saw uh, a Twitter account Politimath say, well, no, we just want, we want done with what they did with vaccines. Like, no, we're not telling the government to take over the baby formula industry and, and, you know, open factories and do that. No, but we've seen that when we need to, when we have a crisis, you can, these people can get their butts in gear. And it's interesting to me that Biden for two months, three months on the campaign talked about nothing but invoking the Defense of Production Act. And here is where Ron Klain uh, is saying that, well, he's maybe considering it. I don't know. And again, they, they are all over the map on this. Uh, I'll take Joe who I'm pretty sure is going to have some strong thoughts on this. If uh, last week was any indication as well as some comments on the podcast, Joe, take it away. Let her rip. <laughs> Thanks so much, Stephen. So can can you hear me? Okay. Yep. I got you. Okay, cool. Cool. Got it. Um, so yeah, I certainly do have some thoughts on this as I have a two week old newborn here at home. Um, this has to and must be the biggest story covered everywhere in the country. And I don't think there's anything really that comes a close second at this very moment. Um, it's speaking from our personal situation. Um, we are supplementing with formula. And I certainly have had just an absolute crash course in just about everything parenthood related these past two weeks with this being our first um, probably nothing quite so stark as feeding a baby. Um, I, I swear to God, if I see another comment on Twitter that is just, well, just do breastfeeding, I'm going to flip and go postal because that is not, as Oliver, I think had alluded to, um, pretty well, that is not a feasible option for everybody. Um, you know, it, it, it does not always work for the baby. Some babies, can are, are not capable of latching correctly. And also, um, there is a very much a mental aspect to it that makes that type of feeding not the most feasible option. So as that is the case with us, we are um, trying to supplement uh, with formula as much as possible. And I can tell you that the store shelves in our area are completely picked bare. The first time I went out to get formula was last Friday. I went to our local Acme supermarket and it was behind glass. Um, It was, I was literally advised to, you know, when I went to the formula aisle, seeing the 
the shelves picked bare, it was uh, there was a sign that just said, if you need formula, go to customer service. So I went to customer service and um, I said, hey, may I please have two of these? Because they were only limiting them to two per customer. And oh, yeah, there was only four left. So the next person that got the final two, that was it for the entire store stock. Um, so the way that we're dealing with it right now is that um, this is basically a full on uh, family operation of sorts, which is um, my my family, my in-laws are, uh, you know, doing everything that we can to, to stock up as much as possible. Uh, we're good for the short term, but I, I don't know if this is going to get any worse. Um, I can't imagine it getting better um, in the in the short term at all. And, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned the. Defense Production Act, because I think that this is certainly a crisis and an emergency that um, would warrant it. And my issues with the previous president are a mile long and miles deep, especially with what he's doing right now with the Pennsylvania primaries. <sighs> but um, at least he he had the right idea when it came to that. And I think that this is an equivalent emergency. Um. So when you say it's like a family operation, is this is this something you look at Amazon? Is you know, if it's not in your area, um, I mean, I've in some of the things that I've read, you have parents driving for hours, like two, two, three hours, uh, to to just go find you know formula. And then, like you said, the other thing I've noticed is, uh, and I've seen this online as well, is if you go into a store, they're they're basically rationing it. They're like it's as it was with the pandemic and fucking toilet paper, which is you know one one roll, you know one container, one one container maybe really per whatever. Um, and I thought and I thought that that's interesting, um, just in the sense of people are forgetting again. We're supposed to be past all of that. We're supposed to be kind of out of that. And whether it's a supply chain caused by a pandemic. Or holdups, or I know Biden said last week they didn't have enough truckers. Well, he's the idiot who put in a vaccine mandate, and a bunch of people got fired. Um, so when you say it's like a family operation, how how are you going about this? In the sense, or, or people that you talk to is, can you can you get it online? Do you have to drive to fucking Canada under the guise of night? Um, you know what? What when you say other than just going to the grocery store? What are the other options you're looking at? My wife and I are refreshing Target's page every single morning, like we're trying to get the PS5 in October of 2020. That's basically what it is with us. And um, my uh, my parents and um, my in-laws and um, and two of uh, my, my wife's aunts, um, uh, who were actually visiting from out of town last week, they went to five different supermarkets. Um, last week when they were visiting and when they came down to visit us and um, our new edition. Um, and they brought uh, like seven bottles <laughs> and, and it just, you know, trying to coordinate just like, you know, Hey, if you see it in a store, grab it. You know, we are, we are working up quite the, uh, the Venmo of, of reimbursing, but um, it, you know, just, uh, this is just basically the word that's been passed down, which is, hey, if you guys uh, can get any online, if you guys see any in any uh, supermarkets, just grab it. We will pay you back. Just basically, uh, you know, sparing no expense here, really. 
And when you say you're good for the short term, what does that mean? Uh, I would assume that you're you're looking at that. You're saying, okay, we have enough for this amount of weeks, this amount of days. Um, so when when if you have an estimate of a date, when does the fit kind of start to hit the shan with you guys? We're good for um, I think the next several weeks leading up to a month um, as it stands with this. That's and, good because um, that's good are- because. Densaki said today they'll they should have more in a matter of weeks, which that that's yeah, comforting. Yeah. And of course, we saw that uh, the Democrat led House panel on this would not is not convening on this until May twenty fifth. No hurry, guys. Um, no, no time like the present. Yeah, you kind of, you, you just kind of there's no urgency with this administration on things. There's urgency on things when, you know, we must be addressing the right pronouns. There's urgency on things like that. But I mean, this is an ongoing thing with these guys. There's no, just, there's no urgency at all. It's if gas prices are up, I guess it's, you know, um, it's drive less and buy, buy a fucking Tesla. And I guess if we're out of baby formula, well, we should be having fewer kids because of the climate and abortion, which is, basically where some of these democratic reps are at we saw katie porter who who said you know uh, you know the the, the 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 shortage is because of population and and you know and she said something like this is another you know this is another thing why we need roe v wade and i'm just like come again could you repeat that a little bit louder for the coming ads here which is you know it's it's your fault that gas prices are up and it's i guess our fault that there's a baby short formula shortage because there's just too many kids and we really should just be aborting more um and so it's interesting the things that these guys come up with to explain away why why there is not a sense of urgency and i guess when you have an 80 year old man running things a very confused one at that then i guess you look at it, it's just like maybe nothing is really urgent for him right now well he probably consumes a lot of it given what his brain has turned into so this is very um developmentally nutritious for him i would imagine yeah we, we we're going to learn that we have a we have a baby formula shortage because the white house stockpiled it for their own personal use <laughs> yeah. well i uh, appreciate it as always Stephen. thanks good for joe time. uh good luck keep keep me posted on comments and stuff like that about how that's going and like i said um i mean i just knew from your comments and stuff i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure joe's going to be on today because uh, like I said, I mean, you're the you're kind of the one who I think last week or a week and a half ago were like, no, we better start paying attention to this. And then here we are, kind of full blown crisis mode. And uh, so I knew I knew you f- for sure were, were probably going to join in tonight. So keep keep me posted on it and uh, keep, keep me updated at least. So you got it, man. Cheers. All right. Yeah. Good luck. Chazzy, who I know is probably one of my podcast subscribers. Um, I don't know if you're gonna be able to beat that, uh, Joe with a two week old, uh, turning into cannibalism here. I, I guess we could just get him on an all meat diet. Um, so that's, I guess that's another way we can go get through this, but Chazzy, give me your thoughts on like what you see, uh, what you see with media coverage, what you see just, uh, you personal with this formula short. Yeah. No, uh, uh, can you hear me? Yep, you're good. So, yes, yeah, awesome. uh, um, if you're if you're I, speaking, you should have uh, for anyone, not just Chazzy, uh, you should see like a yeah. ring come around your avatar, and that that means that you're coming through. So, sounds good. Um, long time, first time. I had to finish my box of dinner early, though. So your box of food. 
but but I'm I'm drinking a Mag Ultra and I'm having a good time. Um, oh my God, my heart goes out to Joe. Um, I got a seven and eight year old, two daughters, who were raised on formula, and we kind of found ourselves in between COVID with we weren't getting taught CRT, and now this um, this formula issue where we don't have that issue. But you know, parents kind of self sort, and so when you have like a newborn you probably are around other newborn parents. So we're not seeing as much of that outcry, but my, oh my God, my heart goes out to him. It's like, you think about the Trump press conference when um, he was bringing corporations together. We're going to make masks. We're going to make hand sanitizer. Like, where is that conference? Where is, you know, Biden bringing people together to um, all hands on deck this thing? Because that's what I think needs to happen. And, and I, I just I just want to pile on what Joe said. Like this this should be front page issue. Um it 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 drives me nuts. But I'm I'm super grateful for for um where my kids are at and how we kind of avoided that um uh the the, the COVID online shit and then this 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 catastrophe. Um and I'm I'm just really curious to see like where the media goes with it. And whether they report on it, um, I think Cerno had some good comments about, um, you know, formula in the sense of, and I think uh, I think Oliver might have talked about it or Joe, but like the not latching thing is a huge thing. Like not just not just dads, like like mom, or no, sorry, not just moms. Moms do not know what it's like until they actually go through it, and it's not that easy. Um, on the contrary, it is super hard to um, make that happen, no matter the size of the the brastuses, you know, if you've got sake bombs, um, no matter. If they don't latch, they don't latch. So um, anyway, um, my heart goes out to anybody with two-week-olds, Joe, uh, any newborns. Um, I'm super grateful for where my kids are at. And, um, yeah, I just I, – I hope, I hope this gets more press. Yeah, it's good that your seven and eight year old still aren't on formula. That's that's <laughs> my my, my one hundred ninety six month that's, old. <laughs> that's that's successful parenting to somewhat. Um, just I'm reading a tweet. He said that like Jim Garrity covered this this comment from Biden. He said we we would have to be mind readers to see this formula shortage coming. And it, again, it just how I look at this is just it's like Matt Damon at the end of the departed. He just, he walks in and he's just like, all right, like what else? Like, you know, you have inflation, you have gas prices, you have supply chains, you have, now we're in a fucking war. According to Stinney Hoyer, uh, you have COVID still coming back and not coming back and mass coming and then whatever. And it just, it does. It just feels like the wheels are just coming off on everything that like affects you as a person, you, you could trace it to Donald Trump. And, you know, I liked what, I liked what John Mulaney called Trump, he called him a horse in a hospital, which yeah. is like, every time you wake up, you, you just look at Twitter and you scream because what the fuck is this guy going to say today? But that was yeah. largely a performative behavior between himself and our media. And it seems like normal people were just kind of left the fuck alone you know, with low inflation and good unemployment and good salaries and their 401ks were good. And there wasn't a baby for, there wasn't a baby formula shortage. And 
now you have a, a very press approved president who, you know, I would argue is just as insane as Trump in different ways um, and certainly not as lucid. And it's like issues that actually hit people like that hit real people, gas prices, baby formula, inflation. And it's just you, you kind of like, can we can we just please for once in the last five years have a happy center where we have what was going on under Trump, but not have like this fucking lunatic running around, you know, who we always have to be just looking at. Like, oh, shit, is he gonna, he's going to nuke he's going to nuke a hurricane. OK. Um, and I know people have different thoughts about that. Um, and I said, you know, one of my favorite things to say is, I mean, th- these conditions are prime. People, you know, you have CNN, you have our media warning that Trump is going to run. He's going to steal the election. And as I like to say in my podcast, shit keeps going up this way. He's not going to have to steal anything. People are people are going to write it off as, you know, things were pretty good for three years. Then we had a black swan event, a once in a hundred year event in a pandemic that threw everything into chaos and hell. And now it's going to be like, well, if we can get those three years back, I'll take the fucking crazy tweeting. That's exactly what people will do. Um, and right. I guess if, if I'm Joe Biden, if I'm Jen Psaki, if I'm Ron Klain, that's where I look at the urgency. I'm like, holy shit, like w- our president is at 38% approval. And now you have a baby formula shortage happening, which is going to cause him to go to the high 20s. Um, it's just it's insane. Yeah. Well, Steve, you got that. You got that great impression, which is I love your impressions, by the way. Yeah, just where am I? I You know, I think it's even more than that. You know what it is? The best, the the best picture picture of that I've seen is like that scene in It's a Wonderful Life where George realizes that Mister Gower, after he lost his son, is just like off his mind. He's just like, and he's putting poison in people's boxes, and George is like, Mister Gower. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Gower, you, you know, you put, you put poison and he's just, you know, he's, if you look at that image, you'll see it. It's like, that's applesauce. Like that's where he's at. And the way people look at their leaders, they realize either I can do my own thing and he's not going to notice, or I'm going to try to interpret what he thinks he might want and then go off of that. And it's a shit show as a result. And now you've got parents of high schoolers who are pissed you know, you see that in Virginia and you got parents of fucking infants who are pissed who are like, didn't think this election would be an issue. So like I, what he's cruising for is, is, uh, you know, a, a red wave at, at the midterms. I just hope like Republicans actually have a plan and, and just turn the shit around. Um, not, not having the yeah, that, that would be yeah. great if they had that for a change. Uh, <laughs> they, won't, they won't. They won't. Oh God. I think you, have, right, to well, just, you have, you just have to be good enough with it's kind of the end of his presidency. There will not be any more bills being passed or policies being passed and that's it. And so, right. Thanks cool, man. man. Appreciate All it. right. Cheers. One of the other interesting things, uh, one of the other interesting things I find the media coverage here is, one of the problems is, again, you know, we used to have kind of an older journalist class and they used to be spread out through the country working at various newspapers, et cetera. And because of you had essentially the buzzfeedification of media and journalists where, hey, we can just hire a bunch of 20 year olds and pay them shit. And uh, that that kind of 
the one of the reasons you it feels like this hadn't been covered is because journalists like to cover things that affect them and what they believe. And when you have a bunch of 20-something journalists, BuzzFeeders in New York and in D.C. and whatever in Los Angeles, well, they don't really are affected by a formula shortage. It's not something that concerns them, and it's not something in their peer and their social groups. So you get this kind of vacuum of coverage. Um, I saw, you know, I was, I was paying attention to uh, Aaron Gloria Ryan, who was formerly uh, Gawker, formerly Jezebel, um, who I'm generally friendly with. Um, I haven't talked to her in a while, but um, I know that she's a new mother, and I see and I see her kind of getting that libertarian streak all of a sudden because she, you know, I think she has a, a six month old or something like that, and she's on Twitter talking about like, oh shit, and it's like, yeah, this is that's kind of what it is. So it's that's another interesting aspect to this about why this isn't necessarily getting the coverage is because you basically have a bunch of childless twenty year old reporters uh, who you know who would like to instead of covering a baby food formula shortage uh, are, are questioning video game companies over their support of Roe v. Wade or whatnot, which was another fun story this week. So just another observation, Chris, uh, I think this is, I think this is Chris, my trader in Kanadistan, um, who's under, who's under deep cover up there. So let me know how things are going up there with this. Well, I, you were saying you don't want to do this from the media perspective. I am going to give it to you exactly from the media perspective up here. And you just stole a little bit of my thunder, but I was Chris, talking Chris, yesterday. Chris, there was not- Real fast, tell, because I know what you do. I know what you do for a living, but tell people in the room what you do and where you are. I am in Vancouver, and I work for a television station, and I, uh, I, I do technical directing. That's all I will say. Okay, go ahead now. I just want people to know, um, like you said, I'm going to give you a take straight from them and what they think. So, uh, so now people know. Now we know, now we know you're an expert, and you know we can't write. So you. I, I have been in the in in the room there, and there was not one single story in our U.S. coverage about the baby formula crisis. I said, "There's a crisis going on about baby formula." The reply was, "I haven't heard anything about. It. This is the first I've heard about it." And why does it affect you? You don't have your 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 kids are old enough. I don't have any kids. Why do why why do why do we care? We don't have kids. This doesn't mean anything to to us. And I my jaw dropped. I could not believe. And this was no one in this no for for I would say about ninety five percent of the people in this building don't have kids. And because of it, they don't care. So when someone said this to you, I'm not going to ask you to name names or sources or anything like that. Was this a casual conversation? Was this a editorial meeting? Was it a program directing meeting? Of, or or was I, it just kind of like you were talking with someone, you know, who's in I was kind of talking to, I, I, it was casual half, because I, we look at the stories in, and and we look at the the rundown, and one of the things I said was, I can't believe it was casual, but kind of it wasn't in an editorial meeting, but we kind of talk editorial in the in the room, and then outside the room as well, uh, the the newsroom. And yeah, it was it was kind of a casual in the newsroom, but kind of looking through what we would call the rundown of the of of this of the show. And uh, yeah, no one really knows about it and they don't care. Even though, as weird as it sounds, it looks like we might be having a little bit of a shortage because a lot of Americans are crossing the border from Washington 
to take baby formula or to buy for baby formula because they're out of it. Yeah, this is this is interesting from Jim Garrity at National Review. He's the question buying guys: Should you have taken those steps sooner before parents got to these shelves and couldn't find formula? And Biden's exact answer is: If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we yeah. could. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us, and we and we have to move with caution as well as speed. And Garrity notes that Biden and his team didn't need to be mind readers; they just needed to be news readers. The Wall Street Journal in January had a warning on this. It said baby formula has been hard to find in many parts of the U.S. for months, and parents searching for Infamil, Similac, Gerber, other brands, retailers, and formula makers agree that out of stocks are a problem. They don't agree on how severe it is and who is to blame. Chains like Walmart, CVS, Health Corp say the manufacturers are having supply issues. Formula makers say retailers aren't getting product to stores once it's delivered. It says the shelves are just bare. This is a guy named Derville Kenny, 65, of Rye, New York who's been trying to find help find Similac formula for two infant grandsons who live in Connecticut, New Jersey. And this was, uh, and Garrity notes, this news story was it more than a month before the Abbott Laboratories recall, which is what kind of helped exasperate this already kind of shortage. And so you have Biden saying, oh, we're just, you know, we had to be mind readers, but you had this problem being written about in places like major newspapers, Wall Street Journal back in January. And there was another one, uh, prior to the Abbott recall, which is back in October. And so you had October, January, February, March, April, May, and here we are in May, and it's, oh, shit, now we hit an inflection point, and now you have a full-blown crisis, and you didn't have to be a mind reader. The fact that he says this is should just absolutely, again, where are, where are the Washington Post fact-checkers on this? Why are they not questioning him? And it's because I don't think that they, a lot of them knew about the shortage as well. No, they did not. And like I said, it, and just the fact that I even mentioned it today, and, and this was yesterday, people were, their their minds were blown that there's even a baby formula shortage. And, and like you said, uh, Wall Street Journal said something four months ago. So I'm, I, I think maybe the journalists need to be mind readers or something, or at least look what's going on. Or just be older and <laughs> not constantly write about, you know, the pain of equity and nothing else, you know, and that's, like I said, this is a shift in media that has led to why a lot of these issues, one, just get blacked out and two, just get laughed at. We saw, you know, blue check journals on Twitter, just laughing about this. Is this, this, this is some issue. And that was a huffing post editor. And you just, you kind of look at that. I'm like, man, I'm going to blow that up and put that on a, just a fucking billboard right there. Hi, can't feed your kid. Um, and it's and it's it's situations like this where really the mask comes off who a lot of these people are just the the absolute uh, detestment that they feel towards just their audience and normal people where no this is an actual thing that's going on and it's affecting your audience and if the journalist doesn't care then it's well I don't care about this I'm I'm going to write what I care about and as I said I think on my podcast yesterday that's more and more what media is becoming. It's j- journalists write for their, their colleagues. They write to impress their friends and their colleagues. They're not interested in saying, hey, you know, let's get to the bottom. Like, how did this happen? Well, if they dig into it, they're going to find that, again, it's not all Biden's fault, but they're going to figure out that this was a supply chain crisis. This was a supply chain issue going back to he came into office when all of this stuff just started happening. Like, we didn't have a – I don't think we had a formula shortage even during the pandemic. So that's why it's weird to me that all of this shit happens post-pandemic all of a sudden. And so, and again, you throw inflation on top of all of that, 
and you're going to have a very angry electorate in country. Certainly not as angry as Canada is up there with the failed terror state and the dictator Trudeau, but it could it, it could come close. No, it will. Uh, thank you for your time. I'll talk Cheers, to you Chris. soon. Finally, we have someone to break up the sausage fest, as I always like to say. Lara, welcome back. Um, again, give me your thoughts on what you're seeing with this. Is it, is it affecting you, your family? Is it affecting uh, uh, families that you know of? Is, do you see a shortage in the community wherever you are? Uh, just give me your thoughts and your perspective from uh, where you are. Hi, Stephen. Uh, I figured out what the app. I just had a few things. Um, this is not, for once, I'm glad my kids are actually a bit older. I have four of them, aging from 22 is my oldest, and my youngest is now ter- about to turn nine. Oh, so, so that's and, good that they're uh, off formula. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I always pay attention to this kind of stuff because I'm the one that's, you know, got the friends and um, I'm the stay at home mom has been stay at home mom for all my kids. And I'm pretty much the mom of the neighborhood. So I'm the one that if anybody needs anything, they're like, can you go pick this up for me or can you go grab this? So even through the pandemic, you know, if, if they need a toilet paper, I'm like, okay, well, I'm the one that has the stock in the garage, you know, <laughs> on the shelves and stuff. And so, um, but there's a few things that I was thinking about and all of this. And so like our stores are pretty much wiped out. They have there, but there is some stuff there. And, and so a few things that I've learned as I've had all these kids is back at, when I first had my first one is when they first brought out the store brand. They didn't used to do that. You only had like the two different specialty, you know, the two main companies. And then that was it. And you thought you only could buy if it was whatever that doctor told you, that's what you went home with. Little did you know, it was just whatever that hospital, you know, had the contract with. So now you have like a Walmart brand, a Target brand, all the stores have their own brands. And now they even have their specialty brands of their store brands. And every pre- any good pediatrician will tell you they're all marketing just like anything else. And most of the time you can buy in a pinch, you can buy the regular store brand, whatever is a good, whatever to get you through until whatever. So there's that. Um, the other thing is I found it interesting, and it might pinpoint a little bit of where we they missed the boat on all this. Was that um, they um, back when I had my last one was back when the uh, ACA started. So back when Obamacare became a thing, and that was back when they also started really pushing hard on breastfeeding. And they took, hospitals took away the bags of giving formula in the hospital and they really pushed breastfeeding in the hospitals themselves. Um, insurance companies, they were demanding that the insurance companies give breast pumps to new moms for free. And so, and, and, and I, um, the posters were everywhere. Breastfeeding is best and all this. It was a real big push. I remember Michelle Obama was big on that. And so, I mean, we know bad and everybody's like why is it so bad so i think a lot of people have forgotten that you know supplementing and all that so i think that's part of where that 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 group of people a lot of those journalists even them have forgotten because you know obama and all that stuff was very um 
sacrosanct to them. They can't, you, you still can't talk bad about the um, Obamacare and all how that came about. And so they think that that was all resolved. Right. So, so basically what you're saying is they just ignored formula stockpiles because of where they were with, you, you said that kind of Obamacare did a big push for that stuff. Um, I think but, they completely forgot that that even I think in that they just, you know, they want that's part of the thrust of that breastfeeding is that and, and it is, of course. But I mean, I think they really wanted to leave formula by the wayside. And now that we have a lot of Obama's older people come back into this administration, they that's still in that. And they're tone deaf, not necessarily tone deaf, but, you know, they, I think they still think they've resolved a lot of all that stuff. And there's just none of that. It's all the same people. It's all recycled. And so they're not, you know, they're not thinking of what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see what you're saying with that is um, you have, again, kind of D.C. East Coast elitists and the Tracy Flick administration, people like Jen Psaki, who my my Mm -hmm. three-year-old wears a mask, so I don't get the problem. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, you definitely have that kind of administration, which, you know, you have, you do have Obama people back in there. You have Susan Rice back in there. You have Ron Klain back in there. You have, again, you did have Jen Psaki back in there and John Kerry is a climate. So um, you definitely have that. The the thing about Obama, you can't have an Obama administration without Obama. Mm -hmm. And I think somebody wrote about that. And I don't know who it was. It might've been Jim Garrity again. Um, you can't, you can't have, you can't try to replica the Obama administration because you don't have Obama. And, and it, was I just thought him, that too. it was him, per, it was kind of him personally, um, and the media's treatment of him and their lionizing of him, um, which is how they were able to get away with a lot of things mm-hmm. and how they were able to keep the cover off stuff, but they don't have that. Uh, Joe Biden is not charismatic. He's, he can't kind of come up with a quip on the spot. Um, he can scream and yell and then he forgets where he is. Um, but I, I, I forget who it might've been Jim Garrity who basically said that is like, you can't try to do the Obama mm-hmm. administration without that guy because it's not going to work. Um, you know, it's, and that happens with any presidency. You can't try to replicate the presidency and you'd understand why Biden and his people would want to do that because that's, oh, yeah. that was Biden's last time was in the white house was his VP. So uh, I do think that there is a tone deafness to issues that, people care about, like people who are listening to this, people who are talking, people who are, you know, putting in their five cents without, again, a filter from the New York Times. Um, and, and we saw that with like gas prices. It was, we saw that with Katie Porter, where she, she, there was this political piece this week, which was, I mean, it was so funny. She, she's sending, yeah, she's, she's sounding the alarms on, on her party because she went to the grocery store and, <laughs> and saw the bacon was 10 bucks and, and had a fit. Like that's what it took. It took her to go to the fucking grocery store. So I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe nobody in this administration drives a car and they see the gas is $4 everywhere. And they don't, eh, you know, maybe maybe there's something we should do about this. No, what they do is they make fun of people who point this out. Uh, we saw that we saw that with this couple who's interviewed and they buy something like every time they're at the grocery store, they buy five gallons of milk for four kids. And you had journalists and everything like poking a stick at them like a, like a creature in the one. wild. And yeah. so... You definitely have, you definitely do have that kind of attitude, that kind of entitled uh, elitist attitude. 
Um, I guess the biggest question is why, you know, you have Biden out here just saying, you know, we, we should have been mind readers, I guess, you know, sarcastically replying to a serious question. And again, one of the reasons why this gets ignored is because of journalist lifestyles and two, that they just know that this is another thing to throw on top of the Biden administration with five, six, seven current crises going on. Well, and the other thing I was thinking was, you know, we were t- you were talking about how with all I, and I don't necessarily think they're shipping it all to the border. But see, I live in Texas so where and, and where I live, I live in a small town just southeast of Dallas. And so, our, like I said, our shelves are pretty bare right now. And our shelves have honestly not recovered in a lot of ways since the pandemic started where I live. It's a they could, we're near a lake and it's just they don't it's just things just don't get to our area. I mean, if I want to go get something, I got to drive up to Dallas and spend the day and do all that stuff or just have Amazon ship it to me. So I make a day of things and just plan my day accordingly if I want to get things. Um, But um, I was thinking back to remember when we had the big surge of Omicron took everybody by surprise at Christmas time and they had to take, and all of a sudden all the testings, disappeared off the shelves out of nowhere. Nobody was buying them before then, but they were completely wiped. And then we found out that the government, I guess, bought them all off. And and then suddenly, yeah. and then of course, after everything was the gone, then they were going to go and, and they were going to ship them all out to us for free after we didn't need them anymore. Yeah. So Biden administration bought most of the private stockpiles to basically dole them out. So they, they were trying to, what yeah. they say is prevent people from hoarding. And mm-hmm. we saw Jen Psaki this week accuse people of hoarding formula. And they said, this is mm-hmm. one of the problems is people are hoarding it. Well, yes, they're yeah. hoarding it because there's a fucking shortage. These things are related. Yeah. People just didn't mm-hmm. decide to start doing it. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the COVID test. Cause I, I went really wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, I mean, they, they bought up the private stock tells the COVID test and then they, they doled two out to each person. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, most of those tests got to people when they didn't need them anymore, when the, the surge was over at like end of February. Um, and so that's it's a good it's a good thing to point to with this, to, with how they're acting with it. It's catches them by surprise. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know what the Biden administration has bought stockpiles. I, I don't know that. Um, as mm-hmm. I said, that's that's kind of being pushed around by some Republicans. And if that's the case, they need to be able to show a receipt to prove that, or the, the, the administration needs to just be asked that flat out. If they bought private stockpiles of formula, you know, to, you know, to ship somewhere, it could be the border. It could mm-hmm. be, we're just going to hold on to it just in case it could be anything. Um, mm-hmm. And then of course, yeah, they just said, Saki just said today or yesterday that uh, they, they, will, they will, they will get around to having more formula here in a matter of weeks. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I hope you have, a stockpile of weeks like Joe does. So yeah. it, it is, it is interesting. Um, <clears throat> that is a de- that is an interesting comparison with the COVID tests. And, you know, you would hope, I guess with this, that, you know, you would hope that that's not the case, you know, that they show a little bit more uh, motivation than they did with, with the, the Omicron surge. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, if, if, if they did take it down the border, I mean, Texas, they'll find out about it down here. We'll hear about it locally, you know, just because of where, we're located, but right. you know, I mean, it, it's regardless, the babies need to be fed and all that. So it's, I mean, I just want babies fed. So, I mean, I'll buy it and I'll, you know, I'll buy it for my neighbors if I see it, like I always do. So yeah. regardless, the babies will get fed, but Great. it's a scary thing. I, I mean, I, I'm like, I, I would be scared if I, I had to worry about my own kids right now. I'd be worried about it, but 
That's why I'm like, if you see it, buy what you can and feed your kid. So great. Thanks, Laura. I appreciate it. Good luck. Cheers. Thanks. Matt, one of my usuals. Uh, What's up, know, Miller? Let me know what you're seeing with this issue. Do you have friends, yourself, any anyone, or what you see about in, in media where you are? You're in New Jersey, right? No, you're always you're, you're in, Massachusetts. in Massachusetts. Were you yeah, driving to New Jersey one time? No, dude. That was, you said this last time. Jesus. Other Matt okay. in Boston. All right. Well, now and... I won't do it again. Now it's it's yeah. drilled into my well, head. I'm I'm decreasing my Patreon subscription to two bucks <laughs> until I get it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so no, I've got some. I do have this issue. My family is my sister, um, and I have a one-year-old nephew. He's actually not one year uh, yet. He's t- about ten months, and she can't breastfeed because they found out pretty early on the, in her pregnant after uh, she had my nephew that he has um, an allergy. It's the uh, um, dairy allergy. So he is on the formula from Abbott, the L care formula. And, um, this is the one that I think that's been very, it's very rare. I think one of your other callers mentioned, um, and I actually got them a bunch for Christmas as a Christmas gift. And around the time I'd shop around a CVS and Walgreens and it either wouldn't be on the shelf or if I would ask for it, they would have it out back and I could only buy one or two. So they've actually stocked up and um, they have just enough to get them through till be about a year and a few weeks. And they feel like at that point, I think he can like technically come off of it. Um, but I was actually saw them over the weekend and they basically said we have just enough to get us to the point we think we need to be with them. But other than that, they don't know where they would they would get it from. They've had some help from some friends and families who um, or nurses that get it from like their practices and whatnot. And they got hit with the shortage in the fall. And my brother-in-law uh, was smart enough. So he kind of stocked up and did what he needed to do. It is expensive as well. So, right. um, yeah, so, kind of they, gets home. so that's another thing that like people aren't even talking about is the cost of this. Um, and again, if you have poor families who depend on this stuff. So if you say you like, they're stocked up for a year, have they considered like, donating some of it to places are they at that point yet uh, no they're, they're not at? stocked up for a year they've got they've been able to get it in kind of like in in kind of a couple different like times or they've they've stocked up until he'll be oh, okay so Sorry. they have enough uh, yeah. i think for the next Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah forgive me they have enough for like i think another like four weeks i think um and that will get them to the point where my nephew is a year and he'll no longer need to have it or be on it so i think at that point technically um, he can come off it for whatever reason. He builds up like I don't I don't know if it's like his diet changes. I'm, I obviously don't have fucking kids, um, but yeah. So they they feel comfortable that they have just enough, but they're concerned that they won't be able to get it if he needs to remain on it, just in case like he's not able to eat like human food, like people food, adult food, whatever they end up feeding him, um, or like baby food that's not infant food or formula. Right, I got it. Yeah. So we've done abortion, and now we're doing kids, kids. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, I know. It's it, we're just we're kind of covering these major ones. I try not to spend too much. Like I don't want to do two shows in a row on the same thing. But yeah, like I said, it was. I was sitting here watching this, and I just I, I said it with Katie Porter. I'm like, they're gonna. This is there's gonna be one journalist from somewhere, like the Washington Post, or they they're gonna have an op-ed that says, you know more abortion could solve the baby formula shortage. Like, you know, they're going to go there. They're going to just outright go there. Can I just give you my, like, and then I'll give you my, like, Uncle Matt, um, uh, like, 
you know, I think I've got my sister and brother-in-law to never vote for Democrats ever again. And not to be crazy, I just basically use your line, like, you don't have to be a big Trump supporter, but you also don't have to vote for those fucking people. Um, but my my reaction to this with, like, my um, siblings is, because they're not really political people, they don't even use social media, but they do see that, like, during the pandemic, it was, we need to save every live, like every live counts, which I totally get, like that was important. But now when there's a serious issue, like the government's not there for them. Um, Secondly, like they were so protective of getting COVID from their son. He actually got it at about five months and he had the sniffles. So their reaction was like, geez, like we were told that we need to stay home and COVID was a killer. And if kids got it, they would, and, and their reaction was like, wow, like the kid, our son got it and like basically got over it within like two days. Um, and so I think that, and and I think one thing too, that we were just chatting about, because I'm a big border supporter, um, there was a woman or a child, a Honduran, um, kid who came across the border in 2018. And there's a picture of her that ended up being on time magazine with Trump and it was welcome to America. And it was a baby crying Yeah, and it raised $25 million on a Facebook fundraiser and everyone poured their fucking hearts and soul out for, an out of context picture that was just a girl crying at the border with a border agent. Her mom is right there. And, you know, I know your diff- different views on this, but legally crossing and people went did cartwheels to get this person support. They raised $20 million on a fucking Facebook fundraiser. The fundraiser is still up. And I think people that are apolitical, like my family members are starting to look at these things and add them up and like, they're not going, oh, I want to vote for Donald Trump now. But they're just going like all these things that we were told and all these things that there was a national outcry for, like, where's the actual outcry for people like my sister and brother-in-law and my nephew and the people that have co- uh, called in today on your, uh, your call-in? Well, that they have white privilege, Matt. <laughs> hey, don't assume they're okay, uh, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am dangerously assuming their race and their genders. <laughs> um, but that's, that's basically what they'll tell you. And that's, so my attitude, my attitude towards this thing about reportedly the stockpiles at the border, and I know Greg Abbott was big on this, and it was interesting to see kind of some of the fringe media reaction to this, which is, oh, you, you want to starve migrant children? And it's like, well, hold on. It's like, I, you know, I, I, I said with Brad Palumbo from Washington Examiner, I said, I don't think the issue is with the immigrants here. Um, when you make it about that, then you're, you're going to lose. I said the issue is still with the White House. And if the White House policy is leading to a record amount of migrants coming across the, the, the border, and then if for some reason, yes, we are shipping private stockpiles of, of formula to the border, you're not going to win that argument if you're the Biden administration or if you're a journalist. People are going to see that and go, well, what is this? Is and as I said, you know, as I said to Brad Palumbo, I said, I haven't seen enough to weigh in. So I'm not saying this is happening. It wouldn't fucking shock me if they're doing this. And they're then when they get questioned about it, they're saying, well, this is equity because that's what this is. That's the whole equity thing is exactly what that situation could be, which is we're going to take formula from, you know, grocery stores in the in the suburbs, which is primarily white. And we need to send that to the border for poor brown people that's how they think and so yeah i look at it and i go i need to see more evidence that this is happening but do do i put it beyond them no hell no absolutely not i don't put it beyond them um i I just i don't live in a world where i can you know you know with my career and 
you know, my credibility. I don't live in a world where I can, you know, jump at that and go, yeah, Dick Dickener formula, Dick Dickener formula. You know, I, I agree. And just to like wrap up, I'll let the next folks go. But I think like yeah. to your point, like I think in this cir- cir- circumstance, though, you have to look at the behavior of the administration and do they have patterns of re- like reducing strategic reserves to basically put out a fire? Yeah, they do. They, they have that behavior. They've done that with with gasoline and I'm sure other things with the masks that your other caller like pointed out. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's. It's a very interesting way. I, I think you had a caller a couple call-ins ago who works in the government and her message, because she's familiar with the inner workings of, of the administration, like stood out to, the, to me the most. It was, they don't give a shit about anything else in the world. The world could be burning, which I think she said. And all they care about is um, reducing misinformation and equity and everything else they could give a fuck about. So I think I kind of keep that in the back of my mind ever since uh, I heard her. I'll talk to you later, man. Cheers. Thanks, man. I'll try. I'll make sure to get your, uh, your geo- geographical location right next time. Uh, once and for all, uh, we'll get through these last three here. Um, we'll go Brian, Ryan and Steven, who uh, a couple of my regulars and uh, we'll, we'll give it a wrap up. Brian, same, same thing as the topic you've been listening to. Is this something that's affecting you personally? Is it affecting family or friends? And what do you see about media coverage with this and, and how that's been going? Yeah, this is absolutely affecting me personally. I was listening to Joe talk. I'm like, holy shit, that's my story exactly. And my wife and I have our first baby, a three-month-old here at home, and we are supplementing and you know, really formula feeding exclusively at this point. Um, and you know, live in Atlanta and you know, been doing a bunch of online shopping and basically everywhere we've looked has been either out of stock or limited to one can a person, maybe two cans if you're lucky, but you have to drive an hour to find it. Um, we have, so they've actually, of- so wherever you go, they've pulled it off the shelf and you have to go up to what guest services and say, I need a, I need a canister of formula and they go, okay, here's one. Is that what they're doing? So we placed an online order with a Walmart in our area. My wife went to go pick it up this morning. I think it was for like four cans. And as she was on her way there, she got an email saying, hey, part of your order has been canceled. Here's what you get. So I think they're letting Jesus people Christ. kind of, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it was a, a shock. <laughs> Not great. It's fucking crazy that we're, we're even going through this in this country, like when I hear that. It's, yeah. It's, uh, sorry, it's, sorry. No, you can't have that much baby formula. <laughs> we uh, it's kind of a family affair at this point now, where her parents are looking, and they live out out west, and my parents live uh, on the east coast, and they're you know respectively looking in their areas, and whatever they find, we'll Venmo them, and they'll they're just going to ship it to us. Um, so I, we have enough for the next three ish weeks, so not dire emergency at this point, but I could see it getting to that point. I mean, God forbid it gets there, but. Who knows what will happen? Um, and I guess my biggest thought on this, biggest reaction to everything is, you know, if, you know Biden administration wants to say, like, all right, this Defense Production Act, you know, it's, it's not a magic bullet, right? And, you know, if these factories are so specialized you know, that you can't just snap your fingers and they'll start producing formula tomorrow. Sure, I can, I, can get, I can grant a little bit of leeway with that. That's probably somewhat accurate. But this Abbott plant's been shut down for three months at this point, maybe four. My question is, what in the hell is going on there? Like, what, what what is the FDA doing that they can't get that cleaned up and production started there where everything's already in place? So, you know, if we want to talk about you know incompetence, negligence, not caring, all the above, whatever, I mean, that that's where I'm looking at as a place to start. 
Yeah, and I mean, as I said, and apparently to the surprise of some professional journalists, the FDA falls under the executive branch. You know, this isn't like this isn't like interagency confusion here where the White House isn't talking to the Department of Defense. You know, Um, this is the you know, this is this is the executive branch. And, you know, whoever the FDA commissioner is falls right under Joe Biden. Like he's he's right there. So you should be able to get this guy easily on the phone and go, what the fuck is going on? And as I said, you you have Saki herself and then you have journalists who are talking about the FDA like it's just some rogue agency, you know, out somewhere in the country that they never hear, hear about or hear from. And one of the interesting things I think it was like Matt said is you have to watch the behavior of the administration. You have to see how they're treating this, what they're doing. And when he says, oh, we're, we're mind readers, my, my next natural question to Joe Biden is, wait, you had no inclination from the FDA that this was happening from six months ago? Like none? Like who Did they tell you anything? I mean, we know they don't. You know, that's when you go to Ron Klain and go, Mr. President, Mr. President Klain, like what's, how, how is it that you guys just, you got caught off surprise by this? Um, and like I said, you have a media who's going to try to separate Joe Biden and the Biden administration from the FDA. It's just like some agency that's, I don't know, we don't know what's going on here. No, you fall under the fucking executive branch. So the, the FDA, the problems with the FDA or whatever, red tape you want to call it, that starts that starts, starts and ends with the guy sitting in the Oval Office. Uh, if only Ron, Ron Klain would hear about it in the Twitter spaces, we might be in a better spot here. So <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have, Ron Klain should have had a Twitter <laughs> space. Maybe then he would have known about it. Uh, cool. Well, thank you, Stephen. Great, Brian. Good <laughs> luck. And if you need to, keep me posted on either comments. I don't know if you subscribe to the podcast or whatever, but uh, keep me posted on, on how that's going for you guys. Been, been there since the Conservatarians' day. So Cheers. Thanks, <laughs> uh, like I said, we'll, take, we'll finish up with Ryan and Stephen here. Uh, Ryan, nice avatar. Um, I'm going to assume because of that, this affects you somehow personally. So um, tell me again, is this, is this hitting you personally at home, either with your own kids or with family, friends? And what do you, what is it like out in comedian? What do you think on media coverage of this? Um, yeah, it, it is to a certain degree. Uh, I have a, a five-year-old and a seven-month-old. The five-year-old is a non-formula, although he's eating a pineapple and looking at me right now. Um the um but he kind of had his own issues when when there was formula around um so uh, along with having you know dairy allergies uh you know kids you, you hear a lot about like kids with with nut allergies um you know peanut allergies etc um and similac and infamil kind of have they they have their own problems when i mean personally i think they have their own problems when they are abundant um you know, aside from having like, you know, corn syrup and, and corn solids in them, um, you know, I, most of the, the conventional formulas out there use coconut oil. Um, and when you have a kid that has a nut allergy, you know, it's, it's kind of like an additional hurdle kind of uh, clear. Um, we eventually kind of got over that with, with this one. Um, and our youngest is, um, you know, is doing a little bit better from, from the jump. Um, but we had to kind of the, the lessons that we learned from from the first one we kind of have taken into the second one. So you know we were kind of looking at, at um, you know goat milk uh, you know to, to handle the allergies a little bit better. Um, the uh, you know some of the European um, formulas you know have have a little bit less junk in them. So we have kind of had to you know buy abroad or buy from like third party importers that that um, 
and have how, like storefronts. How does that? How does that work when you go to buy from a foreign importer? Do you have to go to their website? Is there? Do you have to get through the FDA, health customs, or anything? Or how does that work? It's it's a little bit of both. Um, we we have gone through the like the the manufacturer's website, um, and um, you know you kind of you, you get a quick crash course in German when it when it comes to uh, you know buying some of this formula and bringing it in. Um, a, a couple of the formulas that we've used for our youngest, we were a little bit unsure about if they would be imported in because they're they're UK. Um, whether or not that they, it would they be, be like you know confiscated or seized, so we actually bought them and um, had them sent to some family that I have in the UK, who in turn sent them to us. Um, and one of the reasons that we were looking at, at formulas abroad too is they kind of use a little bit more you know reliable milk fats and things like that you know kind of like you know put you know put some weight on the kids that type of thing um so you know uh, i think it was scott linsicum the other day uh kind of had a couple of suggestions you know coming off of this this uh mysterious formula call that they decided to kind of read notes to media to afterwards um you know and, and one of the things was kind of like looking at you know the FDA has has got such kind of a stranglehold on this stuff, and they're 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 not really kind of thinking out of the box when it comes to to looking at maybe like formula from other places that you know is probably within the ballpark of of meeting their their criteria for regulation, and then in turn they can go ahead and bring that in. Um, and um, so one of the other things that that we've done too, and and you know this has kind of gotten a little bit of of um, coverage is these uh like formula kits um and you kind of have to like you know appropriate the um or you kind of have to like mix the powders and then in turn you mix a couple of liquids and then you know boom you know bob's your uncle when it comes to formula um and we've we've had success with those with with our youngest too um and our youngest actually had to go into uh go into the hospital when he was like a week or two old um and it turned out it it was because he wasn't you know feeding properly. Um, and circling back to, to, to this kind of like you know common refrain of "we'll just breastfeed," you know, it, it just makes me want to just you know, you know, punch a wall or something like that because it's like okay, well, you know, we've had you know my wife has had issues when it comes to to nursing both of our kids, and you know, when we had to go to the hospital with our youngest, the hospital said, okay, well, you know, you shouldn't be feeding or you shouldn't be nursing right now. Um, so I kind of broke the, the hospital forced the breaking of the bond and, and he hasn't really been able to, to kind of like nurse since. And, you know, but she, she does have like, you know, she does have a milk supply. So, you know, every four hours or six hours, you know, she's, she's pumping to, to give, you know, milk to our son, you know, but it's, it's only like so much. So we actually do have to supplement and formula that way. Um, so I think kind of my, my frustration with this and, and she's kind of dived in a little bit deeper too. Um, uh, she's a very big, uh, Facebook group person. And, uh, so there's like a lot of, um, trading groups, you know, like Facebook marketplace. And, um, you know, if, if there's formula that can be found, they go ahead and, um, you know, she tells me these stories about how if people are looking for formula, they, they take a picture and then they put like, you know, they hold up a, um, like a date stamp, you know, like proof of life for the formula or whatever you want to call it. Um, so then that way, you know, whoever's selling can go ahead and, you know, 
you know, get offers and then go ahead and, and go accordingly. But the downside with, with those is, is she's heard and seen of, of people that have kind of like taken those pictures, shopped them, received offers and, and, you know, just basically, you know, ghosted the, the people that are buying this formula, you know, be it conventional or be it more, more the organic stuff. Um, or the other thing that, that she's, she's heard and seen are people that do order formula online and then it's, you know, and then it's swiped, you know, just kind of like, you know, Christmas orders for Amazon, you know, that type of thing. <clears throat> so I think like my, my, my frustration on it is, is kind of like that, that libertarian thing where it's just like, okay, well, you know, they're, they're not thinking about other ways to do this. I mean, you know, the, the comment about COVID tests is great, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, they, they can go ahead and kind of use this thinking too, when it comes to like working with other people. But I think the larger concern, you know, for, you know, for people or maybe for the government is like, they can't really make a buck off of it. So, you know, they're not really going to go with that. And they're just kind of like, you know, going to try and ride the wave out. And, you know, the, the parents are just gonna have to fend for themselves for like you know, another two or three months when, when this has been going on since October. Yeah, this, this, you kind of sum up what I think about this is this is what I mean by the lack of urgency is this issue kind of just bubbled up this past week with the administration and they don't tell you what they're doing. It's just the president takes this very seriously. It's all he's thinking about right now. And then he'll come out and he'll contradict a statement from Saki or whatever. Hey, you know, we're mind, we're not mind readers instead of being like, okay, here, here's the steps we're going to take. Here's ABC. Um, you know, here's, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna allow some imported versions come in that we didn't previously, you know, obviously with strict testing and, uh, with the FDA and stuff like that, you don't hear any actions that they ever take, which is interesting. You saw that with gas prices, Joe Biden said, well, we're going to release the the strategic reserves. Well, that was a two day sugar high. And now gas prices are shot back up and it's just like, ah, that, that issue's over with. Now I guess go buy a Tesla, um, you don't you don't see urgency you don't see action plans you see well we're talking about it well the president's looking at it or again you have you know off record phone calls that aren't available to the press and i think that that's the frustrating thing and i think that what you said about just people being on their own i think that that's probably exactly what it's going to be for the next 2 to 3 weeks like where Jen Psaki said, we're going to make sure we have more formula in the coming weeks. It's like, wait, what? Like what, how many weeks, two, three, a month, what's going on with this? And so as we saw kind of with the COVID test, they had, they didn't even think to have a stockpile of COVID tests. It's like, it never even fucking occurred to them uh, be, again, because I guess it doesn't involve pronouns. So um, Brian, go ahead and give me uh, just a, if you have anything to just wrap up with here real quickly. Um, no, no, I, I think that I, I kind of just want to kind of vent my spleen when it came to, uh, to that stuff. So, um, go out. Yeah, that's what, that's what we do here. That's, that's pretty much the only, that's, that's why I do this. I just come on. So you guys can vent at me and not go out and like commit mass shootings or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, um, take us home here. Like I said, it's just affecting your family, uh, any friends of yours, family, extended family. And what do you think about media coverage and the Biden administration's uh, reaction to it? Hi, Stephen. Thanks for uh, having me on here. Um, currently, I it doesn't affect me. I'm I'm young. Uh, I don't really. I mean, my family's like we don't. My sister's 29 or something like that. I'm 23. Um, but I'll get on to the media coverage. 
Uh, I'd say a lot of it's underreported just because, you know, Biden hasn't said anything publicly about it. Um, everybody in the press room is too busy trying to get on Jen Psaki's MSNBC show. Um, so that, that would be part of it, I would say. Um, I'll let you speak on that. Uh, I mean, it was interesting today. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting today was her last presser. She she did the heartfelt send off, da da da, and other reporters, and and I'm thinking any fucking reporter like worth their skin would just sit there, let her do that, and then go, "Hi, Jen, why did you call the Free Beacon reporting on uh, crack pipes a conspiracy theory when they have photographs of it? Are you, are you standing by that?" And then you say again on the on the formula shortage. Um, you've said X, Y, Z on this. The president, I mean, you, you, Stephen, you pointed something out right there. There's no real media coverage because the president's not talking about it. Well, to me, that's a story. So why is, why did this catch the Biden administration? Why isn't, why aren't they talking about it? Why was this not something that was on their radar? Why does it look like they just got slapped upside the head again? Um, I mean, th- that's a story. That's a question for the press secretary. And you say, wh- why does it look again like you guys, we have another crisis and your only explanation is, well, we didn't see that coming. We weren't mind readers. So I, I remember what I was going to say. Now. Um, yeah, Biden had that like a closed press briefing with like just a readout. Uh, that's, uh, you know, it's really weird. Um, and he's always, you know, they wheel him out like once or twice. He's in Delaware for three days of the week. Um, but uh Oh, I, I feel I wanted to say, um, I feel like the current thing was kind of just dominating too much of the, like the white house press briefing too. Like, you know, uh, Elon was getting like two weeks of coverage. Um, sometimes there was like title 42 and abortion and, um, all, all of the questions are just like, I watch occasionally I'm at work. I'll tune out, like I'll tune into the press briefings and all of the questions are just softball, like layups. Like, are you going to do this? Like, can you do this? They're like begging for them to do the most progressive thing possible. And it's not journalism. Yeah. You're young. You're, you're learning that that's how it's been for a while and that's how it's always going to be. So um, it it sounds like you're kind of, (laughs) you're having one of those awakening moments that some of us elders uh, had at a young age as well, where you watch the briefings and you're like, they're not getting it. They're not asking anything unless it's a Republican president, in which case every briefing is the end of democracy because of the pushback. So, you know, I noted I noted yesterday on Twitter, if if the previous administration had done the first the first thing that they were going to say to address a formula shortage was to to close it to the media and we'll just give you a, a readout. And I noted that if the if the previous administration did that, Jim Acosta would have chained himself to the White House fence. And he would have put he would have put his tie around his head like Rambo and started singing Kumbaya, my Lord. And again, you these people aren't really in the business anymore of answering tweets or anything where you go, hey, why? Why is this acceptable to you guys? And eh, that's that's just that's kind of just how it goes. <laughs> you're you're coming of age, Stephen. That's the way I'm putting it. Well, thank you. Um, I kind of forget what else I had on this topic. Uh, I was going to say partially. Um, you know, I agree with maybe they did buy uh, the baby formula off the private sector. Um, this definitely was in my mind thinking. I know other people have gotten to it. You know, they did that with the, the COVID test before. Um, but it just seems like they just they don't care about anything. And I don't know. Uh, that's I mean, that's something that we'll we'll find out. 
eventually. Like I said, it's um, it's it's one of those things I see floating around. I just I can't make that leap until I see more evidence of it or. Um, we, we hear from the FDA commissioner that's this is a situation where this person should be put in front of Congress <clears throat> and kind of made to walk the plank a little bit and say, hey, how did how did exactly we get to this point? Um, which, again, isn't it's not 100 percent the Biden administration's fault uh, when you have you know a contaminated factory that has to go into recall and close down. But it's kind of like that they just did that. And, oh, I guess it's their problem. They deal with it. So, um yeah, I don't know. Um, there, there should be more accountability over how we got to this point with this, like most things. So, uh, Stephen, I appreciate it. I'm just going to wrap up. Yep, I'm just going to wrap up. So, yeah, this is episode 17, No Formula, No Plan. Um, uh, like I said, I do this format again to just kind of get around media filters. When people hear from people who this is affecting directly, um, it's a way of showing you w- reasons why journalists don't want to cover this. Um, and also, uh, it's, it's your guys' way of getting this out without having to talk to journalists and having them frame your comments or do anything like that, because that's not something that I do. So as you notice, I just kind of sit here and listen. So again, um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks everyone for listening, and especially those uh, who got up and shared your stories uh, with young babies. Um Hopefully, we're not at the point to where you're going to be going out and buying ammunition instead of formula, but we could. It feels like that sometimes. Um, so, again, thanks again for uh, jumping in and sharing. Again, thanks to you for listening. This uh, this episode will be published uh, and saved, so you can just come to the Versus Media live call-in. And if you want to pass this on to anyone or pass this to people about, hey, look, I was on this live podcast, um, that's available for them as well. So, um, I will be back on Patreon tomorrow with a recorded podcast, tomorrow a.m. Um, so if you subscribe to that, uh, look forward to that. Leave me your comments, questions, and I'll get around to those as well. And those can be on any kind of goofy topic that you want. And then um, I should be back Tuesday. I may be on Kennedy uh, on Monday night. So also tune into that. So, again, uh, thanks again, everyone, for uh, spending some happy hour time. Uh, with me tonight. It was good hearing your stories. This has been episode 17 versus Media Live. No formula, no plan. I am Stephen L. Miller, and as always, don't ever, ever, ever talk to journalists, and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow uh, with a recorded podcast. Cheers.